0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the CBM Effect, back with another episode today. I hope that you are well, whatever it is you're up to, and I hope that you're enjoying the summer and nice weather that comes with it. So I want to touch on what I feel is an incredibly important and incredibly underlooked aspect of progress today. Um, Whenever you see things on social media, people posting, you just see the same regurgitated information, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. And it's, yeah, on one hand, it's sort of simply explained to show you that it's not as hard as you make it out to be. But at the same time, it's broken down so little that you almost feel bad for it. And they are like, oh, why can't I achieve a calorie deficit? And that's what these people that spew all this information out don't take into consideration. Like, actually educate yourself on what you're giving out to people that are reading it that will soak up this information because it goes so much deeper than a calorie deficit. In order to lose weight, like if we do not feel good, we will not look good, and that kind of brings us into the topic at hand today. Obviously, the topic being fix these things, and those three things are sleep, stress, and digestion. Um, They are all heavily interlinked, and they will have a profound impact on your progress. Whatever the goal is, if not properly managed. Um, Clients of mine, I go on about it all the time. I ask about it in check-ins. And it really is a factor that I feel cannot be um, taken seriously enough. So they are all, as I say, interlinked. They all kind of merge together. And it's very hard to talk about one without including all three. So basically, today... I want to go across all three and I'm going to try and keep it as simple as I can, um, break it down, and basically explain to you the effects it can have on the body if not properly managed, and some ways that you can improve it here and now as of today. Because, um, like I say, if we don't think about improving our sleep quality, optimizing our digestion, and managing our stress levels efficiently, we're never going to get to where we want to be as we're not going to feel good. And when we don't feel good, we don't tend to make the best of choices. So if we look at sleep first, um, it's as simple as this. If your sleep is not healthy, you're not going to be healthy. We need sleep to be in a good place. I'm not going to turn this uh, podcast into the whole sleep cycle and the boring details. Um, but what we are going to talk about is the effects that sleep can have. And these can include things like it's where we recover in the day. Like understand that when we're in the gym um, or when we're doing exercise, we're not gaining anything there. We're actually breaking our bodies down. Um, it's at night when we're resting where we're going to truly recover from workouts. It's where our body is going to repair itself and strength and muscle gain can come. And, um, it will stabilise your blood sugar levels, it'll it'll improve your immune health, um, better endocrine system function and it will improve your cognitive function. And in that instance, we need to think about cognitive function as your ability to adhere to the plan, your willpower, your decision-making. Stable blood sugar levels means that your cravings are at bay, less likely to catch the flu if your immune health is in a better place and we have better hormone production. So that's the sort of things we can look out for. So what happens if we don't get enough sleep? Um, Obviously that cognitive function decreases so that means that your ability to adhere to your plan, your decision making, your motivation, your willpower through that frontal lobe of the brain is all impacted and when your ability to adhere is down because you're not getting enough sleep that means you're more likely to go off plan. Your blood sugar levels actually spike and when this happens, we get increased cravings. Do you ever notice that when you're tired, you get more cravings? Um, that is exactly why. So if we can sleep better, we're going to manage those cravings better. Um, what, what will happen as well as without sort of getting into this too much, your what we call the HPTA axis. Um, it doesn't produce the right amounts of hormones, which makes weight loss harder, believe it or not. Um, it sort of puts a balance out of sync a little bit. And with that comes insulin resistance as well when we have insulin resistance our body is not as susceptible to uptake and use carbs which can result in weight gain so we can see straight away just how much of an impact lack of sleep on its own can have on the body and that in itself is a stress you'll find that our ability to make progress revolves all around stress we just get stressed through low sleep digestive stress and then actual stress itself Um, so We've kind of painted a picture here as to what can go wrong and how we're impacting negatively our progress if we don't stay on top of sleep. But what do we do to improve that? Let's say, for example, you're not getting shit sleep out of choice. It's a case of you don't know how to improve it. Like the rule of thumb is, like I'd, I'd love people to be getting at least seven and a half, eight hours sleep a night. Um, that will truly give us enough. These sleep sleep cycles they kind of occur in ninety minutes blocks, so. At least seven and a half hours would be ideal, um, but sometimes it's just not possible. I would like to think a minimum of six um, would be where most people would aim to be at, ideally closer to the seven hour mark. Um, but if we can sort of have what we call a pre-bed routine, that can optimize our body to be in the best position possible to get a good night's sleep. And that's where things like our environment will come into, our or behaviors before bed can make all the difference. So straight away, we want to make sure that your room is cool and dark. So window open, potentially have a fan on. Um, Blackout blinds might be a good shot. Make sure that there's no sort of light showing through um, just to optimize your surroundings. You get what's called blue light exposure through your screen. Um, You'd be wanting to improve that. um, And by improve that, I mean limit your amount of exposure in the evenings um, so straight away you're looking at things like having nighttime mode on your phone on your laptop um, you do get blue light blocker glasses uh not my favorite thing in the world I probably wouldn't rock a pair um, but if push came to shove I absolutely would if I had to but just limiting that blue light exposure even trying to get off screen time um before bed can really help um like, if you can put your phone off 30, 60 minutes before bed, um, read a book, listen to a podcast, just allow yourself to chill out and wind down. That can really help. Um, having no TV in the room will also help as well. Think about it like this, your bedroom is for sleep. Don't make it an entertainment centre. Keep the TV in the sitting room um, and go to bed when you intend to sleep, um, which can be really handy. Now, another thing that comes in really handy, our bodies love routine. Whether you do or you do not, your body does. So you'll find that if you can regulate your sort of sleep time and wake time, so going to bed at a similar time each night, waking up a similar time, you'll begin to regulate your sleep pattern. And you'll find yourself getting tired when that time comes, you'll find yourself waking up naturally in the morning to the point where you probably wouldn't even need an alarm clock. Would never encourage you not to have one because the one day you don't use it is the day you'd sleep in. Um, but regulating your sleep cycle like that would really help. And then a big one a big one for you workaholics have a cut off work time so important have that ability give yourself that chance to switch off at night because if you don't when your brain is firing that stressors will go into stress response to the body soon you're not going to be able to actually get put yourself in the best position to get a quality night's sleep Um, so basically when it comes to our sleep system your body actually responds to external cues like light and dark, hence why I want to have the room dark. Um, one thing that can really help sort of secrete our serotonin production is actually getting outside during the day, uh, exposing yourself to UV light. It's something that's underlooked all the time. If you're especially now in the current sort of um, environment, if you're spending all day locked inside looking at a screen, not getting outside, then you're not giving yourself that UV exposure to get that serotonin production, which helps regulate the sleeps, uh, the sleep system. So really encourage you to get out. And obviously that's a sort of tenfold because you're going to get your step count, you're going to get fresh air. It's going to re-energize you as well. Um, So don't neglect getting out during the day as well. When we're trying to get to sleep at night, we're basically, our body has two states within the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system, parasympathetic and sympathetic state. Now we are trying to make sure that we are in as parasympathetic Parasympathetic state as possible pre-bed, which is a state of rest and digest. That's where our heart rate's low, we're chill, um, we're not getting impacted by any stressors, and we're just overall in a good place. So if we can get ourselves into a parasympathetic state, that's going to drive your resting heart rate down. Um, Due to the fact that there is a direct relationship of sleep difficulty and rest and heart rate. The higher your rest and heart rate is due to stress and whatnot, the harder it is to get to sleep. So trying to lower your heart rate down pre-bed, get yourself chilled in that parasympathetic state will really help. Now, I suppose you're thinking right now, well, how do I do that? I've never even heard of that word before 30 seconds ago. How do I get in a state of rest and digest? Now, some of these things can really help would be things like stretching that can really help cool the cool sort of calm the heart rate down you can get meditation breathing activities um one thing I have actually personally trialed is deep breathing before bed guided breathing so like for 10 minutes before bed you've got all your conditions I've already stated and then you take a 10 minute period breathe in for 6 seconds breathe out for 6 seconds really works nicely um puts you in a very relaxed state journaling if that's your thing it's not personally mine but that can really help as well just brain dumping your work your thoughts on paper so you're not going to bed thinking about it it can allow you to sort of de-stress in itself and then having like a bath or a hot shower before bed can really help as well um all these things can help drive you into that parasympathetic state. Um, now, what we need to sort of decide as well is how how do we know if our sleep quality is poor? And I can give you a few symptoms straight away to give you an idea of how your sleep is. If you have trouble falling asleep at night, if you wake up during the night, if you wake up feeling groggy, fatigued and find it hard to get up in the morning, that would all lead to signs of Per sleep quality that you'd want to improve and going back re-listening because I know I've hit you with a lot of information already um, doing some of those tactics and behaviours could really help um, and I just want to touch on this point really quickly um, a sort of under misunderstood fact so a lot of the times I'll ask someone if they wake up during the night and they're like yeah I'll wake up because I need to pee now you do not wake up because you need to pee you wake up because your sleep quality is poor and you need to pee. Do you ever notice when you get a really good night sleep, you're absolutely bursting for the toilet in the morning? Well, why didn't you go during the night? Because your sleep quality was good. If your sleep quality is good, you do not need to wake up or you will wake up a lot less. There are supplements you can take at night as well um, to help improve things. Um, you can look at things like ashwagandha. You can look at things like magnesium, biglycinate, um, zinc. And there's a few other sort of sleep formulas that you could take, but I would really focus on improving your sleep hygiene first and foremost before relying on supplements. Um, But trying some of that could really help. Um, Now we move on to the subject of stress. Now we will take what we call the autonomic nervous system as I've described and you've got two branches. You've got the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. Now these are rest and digest versus your body's fight or flight response. Two very different responses with two very different jobs um, and how you manage your stress will dictate what sort of state you spend the majority of your time in. Now I'm not going to dive too much into the differences but essentially parasympathetic rest and digest is where your heart rate is low, digestion is occurring, um, intestine integrity is stimulated so digestion occurs um, and it inhibits glucose production and release whereas sympathetic i mean you're in a state of fight or flight you've got cortisol and adrenaline released digestion is inhibited it inhibits your intestines activity which kind of go hand in hand heart rate is high think about high heart rate and sleep difficulty if you're in a state of stress it will be a lot harder to sleep given the fact that that cortisol is released and floating about in the body so this is where things get interesting because you might th- find yourself thinking, oh, I'm not really stressed though. And I guarantee you are. Now, our body, it doesn't understand what the stressor is. It only knows how to respond to it, if that makes sense. So, for example, um, you get a text that you got to meet with your boss at work tomorrow and you get a bit nervous about it. Or you're held at gunpoint. <laughs> That's a very extreme That's two very different stresses, but your body will respond the same way. It only knows how to deal with that stress, that fight or flight mode. And by having your stress high all the time, you're going to spend a lot of the time in that sympathetic state. You'll have problems with digestion, you'll have problems with sleep, and that high stress response to the body. Now think back straight away to the problem with problems with sleep. Cravings. Decreased cognitive function just to begin with. So straight away you can see how stress can have an impact on the body if it's not properly managed. Um, emotional physical, other any stressors it just knows how to react to it. Um, so when we got to that state of stress fight or flight mode. Hormones, cortisol and adrenaline are released um, and that's where all these symptoms begin to occur, like high heart rate and stuff. Um, Prolonged periods of stress, um, it will eventually lead to sort of that autonomic system, that imbalance, and being very sympathetic dominant. And that is something that we do not want to happen. Um, Because again, let's go through what happens when we're sympathetic dominant. Your blood sugar levels increase again. That is increased cravings. And you know, if they stay above a normal range for a prolonged period of time, that actually puts you in the pre-diabetic range from a blood sugar level standpoint. Um, the last thing you want to do is find yourself um, getting diabetes because we can't manage our sleep or stress efficiently and it happens um, the scary thing is it does happen uh, our high, our heart rate increases and whether our blood pressure does as well high blood pressure obviously you'll probably have heard that at some point in your time um, stress leads to high blood pressure inability to fall asleep uh, inhibits melatonin production again poor sleep quality and like straight away I'm not going to give you the ins and outs but again it decreases your metabolic rate so your body can handle less calories you've got your reduced immune response you're going to be more susceptible to illness you're going to catch the cold quicker if you're more stressed Um, it will have a direct impact on the amount of dopamine and serotonin that can be produced obviously high stress can lead to depression decreased libido sex drive is lower relationships can suffer um with that inhibition of digestion comes things like bloating constipation not being able to go to the bathroom regularly which we'll go into soon enough um and with it here's the thing that sometimes people don't realize there's an inflammatory response to the body um there is a hormone called aldosterone um that's released and it Actually leads to the kidneys reabsorbing sodium. What that means is water retention. You have an increase in inflammatory response. The weight, the scale weight, begins to fluctuate. I've had clients before where they just sort their stress out, don't change anything, they've dropped kilograms. The the body completely changes shape because we remove that sort of film of water that is just there due to high stress, ladies. It can lead to irregular menstrual cycles. If your menstrual cycle is a little bit irregular and you don't have PCOS, perhaps it could be high stress levels that are causing that. And I really do ask you to consider about the things that may stress you out in the day. That can be meetings with friends, it can be colleagues, it can be relationships, it can be work, it can be car, it can be financial, house, social events, all these things add stress. And when we aren't managing it and allowing ourselves to get back to that parasympathetic state, we find ourselves up shit creek so to speak Um, now straight away we can see how much of an impact that can have on our health like if we're in that sympathetic state all the time we're not going to feel good and remember what I said if we don't feel good we're not going to look good Um, we do not want to be giving ourselves chronic stress um, which again if you want to look big picture here it can lead to increased chances of picking up metabolic diseases further down the line so what we need to do is try and drive ourselves into that parasympathetic state as much as possible. So you'll sleep better, you'll digest better, you'll feel better, you'll have less cravings. Um, So for the sake of stress management, because you're probably thinking, how the hell do I reduce just stress right now? That's the thing. So like straight away, you might say, oh, I'll go and exercise and, and that'll chill me out. Now it might clear your head, but exercise is a stress on the body in itself. What we're trying to objectively do here is allow yourself to sort of keep calm, reduce the heart rate, get yourself in a state of chill where you're not getting worked up about anything. Um, some of the similar things that I've mentioned in sleep can work really well. Deep guided breathing um, works really well, as I've mentioned. Again, before bed. Uh, meditation and yoga. Getting outside, walking in fresh air, just having a leisurely walk. Um, doing something you enjoy um, that can take your mind off any stresses. Um, singing, believe it or not. And, um, I did a course maybe uh, about a year ago, 2020, and they were like, yeah, sing in the car, home from work, can chill you out, promise you, try it next time. (laughs) Um, Steady state cardio, walking, journaling, baths, all these things, kind of similar to how you can improve your sleep. Notice how if you improve your stress, you'll improve your sleep. Um, If you improve your sleep, you can improve your stress. They are heavily interlinked. But we want to look at stressors in one of two categories. We want to look at them from a perspective of what can we control versus what we cannot now, I always say, if you, if there's nothing you can do, say, think or feel that will change the stressor, try not to get yourself worked up about it. It's out of your control and it's going to have a negative impact on your day, your mood, your health, your ability to make any progress versus the ones that you can control. For example, if your house is dirty and it's stressing you out, go and clean it. You can control that. Whereas a meeting with your boss tomorrow, you cannot control that. That's got to happen. So there's no point in working yourself up. Um, so... We basically need to learn to sort of distinguish between these two things and manage the stressors that we can't control, i.e. get to a parasympathetic state, and then work towards taking action upon the things we can control. It's going to leave us in a much better overall state. So... That's quite a mouthful so far. I've given you a ton of things to think about. Um, I hope I've not lost you at this point, And I hope a lot of this is making sense. Um, and it's not just coming across as rounding off facts. Like we're trying to paint the picture of just how bad or how big an impact it can have from a negative standpoint if we don't manage these things. Um, stress is the main thing because stress will impact your sleep and your digestion. But they can come from two separate things. But if you're high stress, sleep and digestion are going to be impacted regardless. But if we can manage all three, it's going to put us in a much better position to feel better, to stay on plan better, to look better, and to overall lead a better quality of life. Now, moving on to digestion. It's actually something that I was told a while ago, and that is that your gut is like your second brain, um, and you're a product of what you digest and what you absorb. And we need to make sure that we are treating our our gut and our our digestion is a very important factor in our ability to look and feel good. Um, What we're trying to do um, within this is we're trying to optimise our gut function um, or our GI tract, if you want to call it that, and what the negative impacts can be if we don't properly optimise our ability to digest food. And what we need to, again, distinguish, and I really want to sort of open your eyes here, is what you may feel as normal... Isn't normal. There's a lot of people living very unhealthy lives that they treat it as normal. Um, A lot of things like poor sleep quality, those symptoms I I mentioned straight away, spending time in high chronic states of stress, not normal. Digestion. I'm gonna list off a few things, and these are not normal. So bloating, being gassy, indigestion, and heartburn, irregularity of going to the bathroom, bad breath are all signs of poor digestion. If you're not going to the bathroom every single day, and I know a lot of people don't, that is a sign of poor digestion in itself. Yeah? So straight away, that should tell you what normal is versus what's normal not. Like, you you hear, it's common with guys. Let's tackle guys in this one. Um, protein farts. That is not a thing. It's, it's not. What's happening is you're eating foods that your body doesn't agree with. Bloating, gas, indigestion, none of these things are normal. You're just not given your body the foods that it can digest and absorb well um but again i'm going to move past that and we're going to talk about how can we improve these things um straight away recall back to stress sympathetic state digestion's inhibited when we're in that state of fight or flight if digestion is not inhibiting things aren't moving hence the bloating hence irregularity so inflammation and if we can manage our stress you might find straight away that improves the bloating problems you might have you might find that you're um you have less problems in the digestion front um it could be poor sleep management poor sleep quality less than optimal sleep pre-bed routine which leads to that stress which leads to digestion problems like and I'm, I'm, beginning, I'm hoping that you're beginning to see how these things are all related. And we can't just look at one, but we need to look at it as a big picture. Um, there is also the fact that like your pro-digestion could just be food intolerances, as I've just kind of mentioned. Um, I don't think that there's any food that we shouldn't be allowed to have, but we should stay away from the foods our body doesn't absorb well. You can take things like lactose intolerance. <laughs> I know far too many people that have it but they'll take the pain. And you know what, fair enough. But if there's something that really causes you a lot of discomfort and pain, I would encourage you to stay away from it. But at that point, that goes beyond my skill set, and you'd want to be looking at a specialist on that front. Um, So a lot of the time we can manage our digestion through our behaviours around eating. And there's a lot of things um, that I can list off straight away that if you implement, you could probably see some massive uh, changes. So first one being don't eat when you're stressed, yeah? Like, if stress inhibits digestion and we try and eat, then that's only going to lead to some of the problems I've already mentioned. And you'll eat that food, you'll get bloated, and then you'll feel a little bit shit and you'll keep doing it. And it just sort of spirals. Um... You'll get bloating, indigestion, heartburn. We want to avoid that. Do not eat in states of stress. Um, It's all too common for people to be running around 100 miles an hour all day, wolfing down a meal when they've got five minutes in a very high state of stress. And that's what we want to avoid. We want you to be able to sit down with a meal, eat it mindfully and be there in the moment. Um, What can also be good as well is your portion sizes. If you're eating too much to the point where you're literally stuffed at the end of the meal, that's not healthy either. Um, so looking at the portion size of your food and potentially reducing that um, one thing that can help when that's the case is going for a walk after your meal because that will help aid digestion in itself um, so if you suffer with bloating after eating a meal and you don't eat when you're stressed perhaps try going a walk afterwards that can help as well Um, Some of the most simple ones can be improve your hydration levels, increase your fiber, um, which will help keep things moving. Um, You can get pre and probiotics. um, But again, we don't want to rely on supplements when we can manage our stress and implement behaviors, which can potentially improve these things. Slowing down your consumption of food, and I will say this is something I'm bad for. Um, you asked my girlfriend, I will food down me like I'm not very good. I couldn't tell you why, I'm sure it goes back to something from earlier in life. Um, <laughs> but I eat really quickly, um, but I don't have any problems. Whereas if I was really struggling, if I was getting bloat or whatever, I would be careful, I would slow down. And I would be chewing my food more thoroughly because that's another thing. Chewing your food, breaking it down to smaller particles, um, increased surface area, which will aid in digestion. Trying that and not eating where you work. Try and have a separate thing. You don't want to sit and eat in bed or eat at your desk. Try and eat at the table or just somewhere where you can be away from all stressors and just concentrate on your meal. Um, You can be more mindful. You can listen to your body. You can see where you're full and that in itself can really help. Um, So hopefully that has been of use to you. Hopefully you've been able to take a, f- a fair bit away from this today and that you can understand off the back of this just how important managing the sleep stress and digestion really is um in terms of our ability to make progress because it'll be one step forward one step back if not you make a step forward then you get stressed cravings increase you eat your emotions because we eat our feelings, don't we? We base our food choices around our emotional choices, our emotional feelings. And if we're not really tuned into that, it's very hard to ignore and look past. Um, if we get poor sleep and we can't be bothered because our cognitive function is decreased, we might not work out, we feel shit, and then we go and eat some more. Um, and it can be a really negative spiral to go down. So, a lot of take homes in this episode. Uh, I hope that it's not went over your head. I hope that it all makes sense. Anything I can do to help, if you just reach out to me on DM or whatever, always happy to have a back and forth, see if there's anything I can do to help you. Um, but let's just remember the key take home. If you don't feel good, you will not look good, at least not in the long run anyway. So manage these things and I hope that you can implement some of these if you're not already and you can see the drastic improvements. Until next time, thank you.